On the Road with Dana Vaudray and Pio Ture on Radio Live. a year ago and I always want an older brother and then I met your daughter and I was like no no I want an older sister <laughs> and she's been saying oh you have to come to Turangi and visit and finally I'm here and she's not here <laughs> <laughs> we'll ring her shortly yeah, yeah, yeah. we'll do a phone out <laughs> um, but I've heard so much about your home and about what you guys have been doing here and just the life you live, when I met Hannah and then I'd say, oh, and, and Hannah's Sam Chapman's daughter, I'd never met you. But as soon as I'd say your name, people would go, oh. And I was like, okay, I need to meet this person that makes everyone go, oh. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's really great to be in your home. And um, so I think partly I really wanted to hear your story. Well, here's how, here's how it happened. By 20, I'd met Selma. 21, got married. But when we married, we married with this in mind, mm. really. Just together we would just join Jesus in what he's doing. Simple as that. It was no big deal. It was no big rah-rah, trumpets blasting or nothing. It was just, okay, <laughs> feels good, sounds good. It's there in the, in the book. So, okay. And then we married, and so we moved out to one New York mother. And we, were, we bought a section. I had enough money, bought a section. Got some health plans done. We were going to be Mr. and Mrs. Utopia, mm. you know, settling down in Nappy Valley. <laughs> and so we're in a flat. And, but, it, 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 you know, amongst all of after our job, on weekends, we used, especially we used to go out on the streets and with our music and then into the prisons with our music. And some of the fellas there would, you know, they'd do all the preaching and we'd just, we'd just play. And I used to always think that something's missing in their corridor. As they talk about God, there was something missing. There was a part of God that I, that I felt that I, I knew that wasn't there in the court at all. And it was the God who took people home. No one was inviting these fellows home. Wow. Nobody. All good sermons, you know. And they used to practice preaching sermons and three points. And I was like, gee. <laughs> What do you fellas want to do is come home? Yeah, but, but they're the feed. You know, we used to set up the road there, the main road, and anybody, any hitchhikers, bring them up. That was the expectation with our father. No stranger goes by if you see them and you don't, you, you got to bring them home. So we used to get huge people come in. And of course, the cupboard, there was no fridges or anything, so we'd have to go out and get some more rabbits and 
cook them up in the pot on the big old, big wooden stove, we a wood fire stove. And mum, that was just life. And where so, was this? Here. Oh, right, right, there, right. Yeah. Over, over here, as kids growing up, you know, Tulangi was out in the sticks. And yeah. One, yeah. There was a one-horse town then. But the harbour of being here was home. So I'd open my big mouth and at the prison and uh, said, oh, bro, you fellas, you know, when you get out, look me up, come home. So one did. This <laughs> fella did. Someone was happy with our first, like, like you, pregnant with our first one with Harmony. And I worked late that night. And this fella had come around mid-afternoon, so he'd been there all afternoon with and he wouldn't go inside them, he said, oh, do you want to come in for him? He said, no, no, I'll wait for Sam to come up. So when I got home, awesome. you know, he's there, and it was obvious where he'd come from. It was pretty obvious. Had all the signs, all the marks. And as we, Tilbert cooked a kai, and we sat and ate, and, and he just talked, and I listened. And then here's my thoughts, it was just cracked me up when I think of it now. I said, that's it. This fine. And, and he's talking about the violence and the abuse, especially to women. This turkey's been at home with Tom all <laughs> with your wife. <laughs> but you he know, didn't come inside. He wouldn't come inside until I got home. Yeah. And he talked. After midnight, it was obvious that he had nowhere else to go. Yeah. Mm. And I had to go to work early in the morning. So again, the thoughts, you can't leave this fellow at home with Tom. Um, normal husband stuff, eh? Normal sure. human thinking. Mm. Uh, all stuff, actually. Yeah, but, you know, yeah, well, no, you, can't, you can't do, you can't leave them. So I rung some mates, some young, some other mates of ours, young fellas, had a house, had a rental place. I said, hey, bro, we got this fellow once, you know, he needs someone to sleep, can he? I got to go to work early in the morning, can he stay at your fellow place? Said, yeah, so they come around to pick him up. I don't know, one o'clock in the morning, and he was grateful. He thanked us for mm. the kai and the hospitality. Mm. A pocket of heart. Right. Yeah, a pocket of heart. And uh, thanked us. And as they drove out, the way that was spoke to my heart and said, You just turned me away. Mm. So I hear that voice, that inner voice, over and over again, even today. And I, that was telling me, said, Honey, this is what the Lord just said to me. We just turn them away. And I learned a wonderful truth that night. That he comes in the woundedness and brokenness of people's lives. Mm. And when we choose to sit where he sits, that's who we sit with. Whether they're rich or poor. I sat with multi-millionaires last weekend. Broken. Yes. Lonely. Mm. Isolated. Filthy rich. Mm. Then I went to a mongrel mob unveiling and funeral. Angry, violent, uh, fill our prisons, uh, but lonely and isolated. Um, so they're all the same. Doesn't matter. And we prayed and we made a promise. Well, tried to make a promise to the Lord that we'd never turn them away again. And I, I hope we never have. Um, and we've had the wonderful privilege of. Jesus coming to sit a while mm. in someone's humanness. Not because they're a problem to fix, but just because they're. it was the intention of God's heart that we just be together, relate together. That garden story of 
first man and woman just in relationship with God. And then they stuff it up. And then they try to fix it up. And we've been trying to do that ever since. Mm. And so the redemption story, in that context of Easter, the God who was with that young couple expecting their firstborn, with all the, you know, Mr. and Mrs. Utopia dreams, the God who was there speaks into us and says, follow me, join me in what I'm doing. That night we reaffirmed our commitment to that idea again. Been doing it ever since. We had this idea of, you know, Easter and the idea of sacrifice and then looking at sacrifice and, and what does everyday sacrifice look like and then redemption and people's stories and then within Easter that there's new life, new beginning. The word redemption means paying a price to get something back that's precious. To be redeemed is that a price was paid to get you back. And Jesus was that price, and he got us back. Now, and this is what changed, really made a major shift in my thinking. It was, is it something, is it a purchase that I'm waiting for to happen? Or is it a purchase that's already happened, and all I've got to do is enjoy it. <laughs> mm. Now, one line of thinking is that you've got to earn it. Yeah. If, all you, if you want God's love, then you've got to get your, you know, your, your girl guides points up, your scout points up, <laughs> and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. You've got to do this and do that. Or is it as you know, this crazy book, well, the scripture says it's a gift that's free and he's just waiting for us to receive it and when I did that that blew me away that all of what was redeemed from is now being redeemed to mm. and all the two is free I just got to find out what it is it's like you know you hear all sorts of illustrations and a fella has a you know uh, didn't realize that he come from a wealthy family and then uh, finds it finds out and they they give him the the visa card and he don't believe it so he don't use it mm. yeah that's a good that's a good yeah <laughs> I believe so don't use it. and God's given us this actually, actually it's a wonderful illustration but when I went to that thing in Washington we we're up in the penthouse never been in a penthouse before in a hotel flash ass and I discovered this with the, all these senators that were up there, that the hotel gives them a, a key. Well, it's not a key, it's just a, yeah, a white card. card. Get it there, swipe card. Yeah. I mean, it's, the, it's, the, it's the, the servant that opens the door. <laughs> They've got someone there who's there to wait on them. Yeah. And everything that the hotel has is theirs to enjoy. That's the penthouse. Everything that the hotel doesn't have that you want, they'll try and get it. Mm. You hear these messages about words, and they use words like repent. And they said, oh, you've got to turn around and turn from living that kind of life and now live this sort of life, you know. Stop, you know, 
drinking, smoking, going to movies, whatever, that, all mm. those do-dos that they come up with. They got nothing to do with that. Repent actually means return to the high place. Pent is penthouse. High. Penthouse. <laughs> <laughs> That's all it means. And he gives us a key. And he gives us a waiter. And he gives us whatever you want that I've got is yours. And we're sitting down there on the street. And we're broken, we're poor. And we don't know that this gift's been given. Mm. That's Easter. That is the meaning of Easter. We have been redeemed from this other stuff mm. to this stuff. Go and enjoy it. Simple, basic stuff. Because it was this, that if my struggles and anybody else's struggles that flesh itself out in isolation or alienation or whatever, that the root cause of that is separation, poverty. I spent years working with World Vision and 20 years on the board of World Vision mm. and went into poverty-stricken places. Yeah. And the root cause of that is not that there's not enough money, plenty of money in the world. Not that there's not enough kite, plenty of kite. <laughs> that people are separated. That's the root cause of poverty. When we look at poverty in New Zealand, it's not because our whanau don't have enough money. And some of them don't have enough money, but the reason they don't have enough money yes. is because we're separated from each other. And so the few get the much and the rest get the little. And, and so God's plan was to restore us to that place of being in the garden where there was plenty for everyone to restore the memory of that. To do that, a price had to be paid because we'd been stolen and hocked off to the highest bidder, as it were, as slaves. And God sends his son to be the price to get us back. It's the blood of Christ. And using those metaphor, the blood of Christ that paid the price, the sacrifice to set me free. And, you know, in Catholicism, the focus of the Catholic Church is on that. When they have communion, I mean, they may put a bit more emphasis on, on what they call transubstantiation and all that sort of stuff, which, which is that when, when they have the bread and the wine, it's actually the Christ that they're eating and drinking his blood. But that's, that's, that's okay. That's a, I don't quite grapple with that. I yeah. can't get my head around it. But Me too. Okay. I, I don't have to. <laughs> yeah. But you that's don't have to. I don't have to. Yeah. All I know is that they believe the same thing I believe, that something happened in history for the whole world. And that uh, I've been invited to hop on board. It takes a while to get through that this, in fact, is what it means to be, to be part of the whānau of God. So that's Easter for me. And the context of Easter and the context of redemption is that I'm not looking at people who are lonely as being people who are lonely. I'm looking at people who got access to the penthouse. Mm. They just don't know yet. <laughs> I love that. Whether they're in gangs or prisons or whatever. They're people that they got this penthouse waiting for them. I and, say, bro, bro, and, and the issue is the issue is we're thinking, oh nah, I, I'm not meant to be yeah, there. Absolutely, bro. You know, that's the lie. We are meant to be there. That's the lie of the thief. Right. The thief came to steal, kill, and destroy. That just as we were with the Creator in the garden, He wants us to be there now with Him 
and enjoy all of this crazy stuff. And I'm not talking about pie in the sky when we die. It's mm. now. The, the relation- I want to have my pie now. Sounds <laughs> good. <laughs> good to me. Like, like you're someone that I don't think keeps count of who's come through your home because your home is just open. Um, but if you had to take a figure out, like how many people since that night uh, where you oh. and Thelma sat down and said, we're never turning <laughs> anyone away, like... Are we talking... Including us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're the latest. I don't know. When we... Have you seen the 60-minute program on us? I, this, s- I saw bits of it. Yeah, this is quite is a few it? years ago. Yeah, it is yeah. now. Yeah. Have a look at it. Because Amanda Miller, she asked that question. And I, and I didn't know how to answer. You know, yeah. is that you? Mm. How many people been on the mullah? I don't, I don't know. Mm. <laughs> How many been through this mullah? I don't know. Or wherever we've been. And then she said, it must be hundreds. And um, even if it was one, it's the same. Yeah. Or a thousand. I really don't know the answer to this question because we don't count. All we know is that people have gathered around this presence that God is wherever we are, in the good days and the bad days, He doesn't change, He's there. And so they come. They come and they stay a while. Some are a little just visit, some stay a night, some stay a few nights, some stay a few weeks, months, years. Mm. You're going to meet Mark tonight. Have you met Mark? No. No. Have you met Mark? No. Mark Tipene mm. from Mahipara. Mm. The Pāneo Panther. Mm. Mm. That's what society labelled him. Mm. The rapist. Mm. The monster. 13, 14 years inside. Has to be released. He could have applied for release earlier. He refused to do it. He said, I'll do my full stretch. But you see, he came to the penthouse. Mm. Mark, come to the penthouse. I'm 55. I've been in jail 25 years. And, uh, you know, working with Sam. I guess I, I should tell you the story of how I met him, the bro. I met him up in the jail. And, and he coming. He coming with his guitar. <laughs> Magic guitar. <bro. laughs> how many strings? It's all in the, all in the guitar. Yeah. But there was, a, there was an area you know, sort of like reserve for, yeah, for reserve people. <laughs> and, you know, and I was fortunate enough to have a seat on that reserve, <laughs> yeah, 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 on yeah. that reserve bench. Yeah. And he comes in, and, you know, and everyone else knew that you had to have permission to go and sit over there. But, yeah. you know, You're in the corporate box, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the bro come over with his guitar, he goes, oh, you want a seat, bro? <laughs> We can't say no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? And that was it. That's, yeah. how we, that's how I met him. And we just started talking and he goes, Oh he goes, Oh, um, oh, you should come out and work for me. And I says, Oh, I think you better look at the fellas at the front. Alright. They'll be getting out shortly. I had about seven or eight years left. Wow. And so that time passed. We got out and then I got bored living on Aipara, smoking dope and mm. swimming and you know. I just wanted something to do and, you know, give my life a bit of meaning and so I came to Auckland and I knew that 
to come back into the jungle, I had to go to work. I had to find a job. I had to find something that I was going to be passionate about. Yeah. So I went and saw my mate that was down at, back in those days, it was the Labor Department. And I says, oh, you know, go and check out on, on your computer for a job for me. Around the social working stuff, and she says, oh, well, there's these two, these, these two placements. And one was Sam. That's yes. bizarre. <laughs> that, that should be sitting there, bro. Yeah, well, it is. <laughs> it was. Say I know. <laughs> you know, one was Sam and the other fellow was that Dan Davis. Oh, yeah, yeah. that military stuff. Yeah, yeah. I run him first. <laughs> and the lady said, oh, you have to make an appointment. You know, and I says, oh, yeah, okay. I'll hang that up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not into appointments. So I said, I'll try this fellow. And Sam, at the time, he was working in, uh, he was living over in Howick at, at an international Bible college in there. And so, you know, I started, you know, she, she started to say, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, well, let's meet up. So I went out there, but I got lost. It is Howick, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> I got lost. And, and, and by the time I found him, he had to take a, a student to the airport. And, and his, his niece was in, inside and his son. And, you know, and they sort of like looked at the window because you know, they'd never seen me before. And I'm looking at them and they're looking at me. <laughs> You know, and so she came and opened the door. Uncomfortable moment. Yeah, 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 so she came and opened the door and she says, oh, you know, and I says, oh, I'm, I'm looking for Sam Chapman. Oh, that's my uncle. I says, oh, yeah, um, I was come to for a job interview. Oh, he's not here. Oh, yeah, okay, I'll see you later. Because I went to turn around thinking, oh, it wasn't meant to be. Yeah. You know, I was just going to cruise. And she said, oh, if you leave your, your, your name and your number, I'll get my uncle to call you. You know, so I look back straight away and go, yeah, right. Yeah. Well, you know, that's, that's how you think, eh? Yeah. yeah. You just look at them and you think, oh, yeah, they're just saying that to make you feel good. Yeah, yeah. As you're kicking you out the door. Yeah. So I wrote down, you know, and gave it to her and I went back because I was living in Onehanger. You know, thinking, ah, oh, you know. Whatever. Well, I'll just shoot and just thrown it in the rubbish. <laughs> but he rang. He rung that night. You know, see, he don't know me. I don't know him. Yeah. You know, we have have the discussion of, of working for him, and he goes, "Oh, yeah, okay, I'll catch you. I'll catch you. You know, a couple of days, come over. You know, we'll solidify stuff, blah blah blah." And then the phone rings about five o'clock in at night, and it's him. And he goes, um, "Hey, bro, um, can you do this job for me?" I says, "Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, what is it?" He says, "Oh, um, I'm going to get a, a a van dropped off to you." Sounds dodgy, man. <laughs> and, and, and um, can you go down to Patarudu and pick up this beast? <laughs> Twenty-five years ago, bro. Yeah, you know, he says, you know, can you go down and pick up this beast from Patarudu? Good gig. You know, and I went, oh, yeah, yeah, okay, sweet is. He goes, oh, yeah, no, this fellow will knock on your door about six o'clock in the morning, and you'll have the keys to the van, and you know, and you'll have a check for the meat, uh. right? Now, he wanted Cash to, check, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, he, but he didn't tell me that it was a cash check, eh? you see? I just thought that it was going to have the figure on the check and it would be signed to the fella. That's right. Hey. Yeah. Was, oh, yeah, and I just grabbed it and I just stuck the check in my pocket without even looking at it, eh? So, oh, yeah, okay, sweet man. And then I rang my bro up and I go, oh, come for a ride. We're going to go down, go down to Patari to get this meat. You know, and so we're driving, we drove all the way down to Patari, found the place. You know, and, and picked up this meat in these big rubbish bags and put them in the, in the van. 
and the Māori follower was standing there looking at me, and I oh, yeah, yeah, that's right, this chick. And, and, then, and then I gave it to him, and then he, he filled it out. And then he says, oh, this is the amount. And then we, we brought it back to Howard. But, you know, what I'm saying is, who does that? Yeah. Yeah. Who gives you keys, a van, and a blank check? And meat. <laughs> and, 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 and And $800 and worth of meat. It's a recipe, eh? Hey, who does that? You know, so, so me and my bro that went to pick this meat up, we're like, we're looking at each other going, what's this follow about me? Right. Aye, aye. What's this follow about? Aye. And but because of that, m- my curiosity got the better of me. Aye. You know, because I wanted to see what he was about. And what I discovered was he wasn't about anything, and that was that was who he was. Aye. Aye. And, and so for me, when why I am where I am today, is that through meeting the bro and Thelma. And you know, and his children at the time, you know, and, and Hannah was only 12, yeah, 11, 12 at the time. Luke was the youngest, he was the youngest boy. I gained the conscience, mm. hey, you see, you see, that's what that's what I discovered. Eh? That's a biggie, yeah, yeah. I, I, I gained the conscience, I, I guess. You see, when you're talking about rehabilitation and and um rehab programs those are just click words and those are just labels that are that are tagged to find like myself because that gives a form of justification by the state to say they've achieved in a particular area but that's not going to stop us mm. from pulling a balaclava on and loading up a piece and jumping the counter or selling drugs, mm. you know, or running a prostitution racket or or whatever in, in the hood, you know. None of those things are going to stop us unless we discover who we are and what we're about. And, and when you discover who you are and when you gain a conscience, things become easier. You have a tendency to like what you disliked for years. And then in that journey, there's all of those people, you know, who weren't on the front row, but were behind the front row, all watching Mm. what the front row was doing. And it's the influence of all, it's Sam's influence on Mark. And that new track that's been cut. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because you see... all watched. You see, because when you're... When you're held out in the media yes. as one of New Zealand's most dangerous men to be let go out of a maximum security prison, and there is no way that you will survive because we all know that he will reoffend. And I know that there were prison staff placing bets. Yep on how long it was going to take me to get back to you. And so what I'm saying is when you get somebody like that with that logo attached to them and all those hoods that are sitting beside me, you know, in there are looking at me yeah. and they're asking the million dollar question, 
How's their fella doing there? Yeah. How's their fella doing there? Oh, it's a scam. Oh, it's, you see, it's this, it's this, it's this, it's this. When I take those people to this fella, and they discover what I discovered. Culture. You see? That's a and that, and that has a ripple effect because the influence I'm influencing isn't the soldier. Yeah, 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 gotcha. Hey. Yeah. Plus, the profile, yeah. because of who, of, of actually how you were laboured, yeah. it's like you're right out there. Yeah. The other thing, just, just listening to, to you guys, is the fact that uh, Sam, you know, who is this guy to give me a van, keys and all the rest of it. Uh, the basis for that is, is, is Aroha, you know. And, 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 you know, but it, it, it's a whole whole thing, eh? and this is, you know, we keep going back to that. Man. God designed us to be whānau. Yeah. And the more we act as whānau and live as whānau and behave as whānau, all of that stuff, what's the magic? What's the magic? Yeah. When Mark first come over home, he wouldn't come in the house. Someone was there. One's his woman, second she's buyer. Now, it wasn't... Anything except that that's who he was at that time. That's mm. all of his memory. This was not where I'm meant to be. So we sat out on the veranda and Thelma brought Kay out for us. She made the Kay and brought it out on the, on the veranda for us to eat. And then eventually he come in the house and then we asked him to come and stay with us. And he lived with us, I don't know how many years, bro. The day that he came to move into our place, he had to come over from Onehunga, caught the bus. Is it all? We'll meet you down at uh, Highland Park, and I couldn't make it, and so I sent uh, <laughs> Harmy on the car. Oh, you got to pick up the bro. You guys down this week? Comes fly back, dad, 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 come quick! There's cops everywhere. <laughs> I go up to the bus stop, and there's six cop cars. I don't know how many cops were there. All around them, it was all on. And um, I knew the local sergeant from there. I said, "What was happening?" And he said, "Oh." They saw him and he, because the bus stop was opposite the garage. The assumption was he's there casing out the garage, mm. you see. Within, but within five minutes of me, because they put him in the car and then they took him down the cop shop. Within five minutes, I was getting phone calls from the neighborhood watch. How dare you bring this monster into our community? Mm. And for months, that's the way it was. And... Uh, but they had to release him in the afternoon, so I went down, picked him up, brought him home. Every time he went out, either on the van or on our little wee car, we had a, somebody had a little red car. <laughs> stupid, stupid thing. But he'd be on there like this, you know, yeah, in yeah. car. I'd go out, nobody would stop me. He goes out on the car every time, stop. That's Pulled fear, up. eh? That's really heightened fear. Definitely. I get woken up early hours one morning. And uh, I hear this noise, I like, So I go in, and here's Mark sitting in the kitchen on a seat, on a stool, and Thelma's pulling glass out of his head. Now, this is the woman that when he first came over home, the barrier of all the years of offence kept him. Talk about alienation, <laughs> isolation. Yeah. A man isolated from a woman and a white woman. And here's this white woman pulling glass out of his head, telling him off. <laughs> getting a growling. He's getting a growling. <laughs> from Thelma. He had many growlings from Thelma. <laughs> it's the Irish. The, the Irish. 
But bro, this is the penthouse tower. We get reconciled. We come together. We there was no reason on earth why they would think that Mark would want to stay in a home with with us as a family. But he doesn't. Because that's that power of Easter. The power of Easter. That's what it can do. A longing of our hearts, eh? And we've journeyed together long enough, and others have journeyed with us to know that all we're going to do is to do more of what we know works. Simple stuff. Let's just go get some more meat or something. Yeah, let's do the simple stuff. Mm. And yeah, there's, there's, the, there's the space for programs and projects, but I talked about presence. And it's God's presence, Jesus' presence, lived out through us in total love and acceptance, not because we're perfect, but because it's all been dealt with. And for me, it's about saying, could I believe that what Jesus did was enough? Or is it Jesus plus? Jesus plus my effort, his effort, everybody else's effort, or is it Jesus and that's enough? For Mark, for me, for my kids, for our kids, for our family and our community. And that's what we've spent 45 years trying to do, mm. to believe that what he did 2,000 years ago was enough. You know, one of the things that really was a penny dropper for me was when he said he suddenly developed a conscience and that goes, oh, okay. So the things he was doing, nobody mattered, nothing mm. mattered, no empathy, no, uh, I'm not interested in, in what happens to your feelings after I've done this, you know, rob your house or whatever. A lot of That's victims, a lot of victims in that man's journey, a yeah. lot of victims. Um, but suddenly somebody trusted him and he said, oh, it's probably the first time somebody ever has trusted him. I think he was on the streets from about eight. Yeah. And not being in that family environment, yeah. not seeing how a family functions, about you know, a bit of routine, about discipline, about all, having that reliability. Yeah. Um, and then having the opportunity to stay with the Chapman family for nine years. Yeah, and getting a birthday cake at 30, yeah. his first birthday cake. First time being celebrated. Yeah. It's really interesting that I'm talking with his wife Cheryl after and saying it's amazing to watch him as a father now. Yeah. And she knows that the way that he fathers is because of watching to see how Sam yeah. fathered his kids. Yeah. You know, the other thing that really impressed me last night was those curried sausages. I, put that, they were fantastic. I knew you were going to say the cooking. The curried sausages <laughs> rocked the house. And they were old school curried sausages that mum used to make that aren't a real curry, you know? Yeah. Because we're all curry snobs now because we have the best.